0: By the time you hear this podcast, you'll realize sometimes you got to pay to play.
1: This one's for you, Alan Creed, wherever you go, whatever you do, because the things that do it today will make the same. If a man is making music, he ought to let his way
0: All right, hopefully one day you'll hear our podcast on the radio. That'd be pretty cool. All right.
2: Do we have enough cash for that?
0: Yeah, we yeah. I'm I, I started a GoatFundMe.
2: Nice. Okay. Yeah.
0: I just need to like finish setting it up so that I could share it on our social media. <laughs> All right, welcome to by the time you hear this podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with our 34th episode. <laughs> uh, so um, if you are listening to our podcast, thank you very much. Ooh, thank you. We appreciate it. And if you want to tell someone where you can find our podcast, where one can find it, you can uh, follow our podcast on com by searching for the name of our podcast. You can also subscribe to it on iTunes, Google play tune in radio CastBox, satchel podcast player. I always feel like I forget one.
2: I mean, even if you did, <laughs> there's so many ways to find us at this point Yeah. that if you can't find us, either you're not listening or you're not trying. And
0: like I've said previously, no excuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Um, you can also go to our website by the time you hear com,
3: mm-hmm.
0: where you can, uh, listen to our episodes from there and there'll be links to articles or videos that, uh, we've referenced in that particular episode. You can also follow us on social media at facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spelled with the word you. If you're on Instagram, you can follow us at By the Time You Hear This, spelled with the letter U, because. We're upstanding. Yes. Mm
3: hmm. Mm hmm.
0: And if you want to contact us, you can email us at By the Time You Hear This.com, spelled with the letter U. Uh, you can send us your comments, questions, show ideas. And if you're an independent artist, you can send us your music and we'll listen to it and review it or critique it. Um, we will be honest, but you know, we just like, we would welcome constructive criticism. We hope that you do as well. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, uh, how we do it around here. And, uh, you may have noticed we don't mention our, our personal social media on the podcast.
2: (laughs) Well, I Uh, went on there today and I was like, Oh, it's on there.
0: Yeah. See. So the thing is, if you follow our our show Instagram, you'll see our social media, mm-hmm. our Instagram handles on there. So that's why I felt like we didn't have to mention it. No, like I mean if you too. go, if you go to our podcast Instagram, you'll see our Instagram handles, and then you know it's up to you if you want to follow us or not. So yeah, there I you go. That, I think that's fair. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get into our music news and happenings segment um the first thing that we can bring up here is uh you know um our best friend in the whole world Spotify sponsors, <laughs> sponsors. um <laughs> has a new um well i guess you'd say it's a new
2: policy maybe a new, yeah.
0: yeah a new policy a new agreement mhm uh, in which they will allow artists to put their new albums behind a paywall for the first two weeks of a release as part of a new licensing deal with Universal Music Group. Uh, with that, that it, that does mean that they will release their content. Our artists will release their content on Spotify or other or such as an Apple Music or Tidal. But with specifically with Spotify. You have to have a premium membership to listen to that content. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then you have to wait two weeks. Yeah, (laughs) If you have a free account, then you can listen to it. Yeah. Which I don't think
2: is a big deal. And I, I mean, I was reading that they think it's going to encourage, um, free users to go, um, pirate music. A lot of times the free users are already pirating music anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You're not encouraging them to do anything they weren't going to do anyway. Um and then when it and when it comes to Spotify, they're just gonna stream it anyway. They'll mm-hmm. pirate it for two weeks. <laughs> and then in two weeks they'll stop listening to the pirate copy copy because they'll have they'll have it. So Yeah.
0: yeah. Now if there are singles released as you, if anyone who uses Spotify, there's a separate section between the albums and the singles, mm-hmm. you can listen to the singles all you want, yeah. but you know, you have to wait for that whole album. If you're not a premium subscriber, I'm surprised they gave into that too, because we're, it's a single culture now. Yeah.
2: So that's like, that's what everyone's going to be listening to anyway. So it's just a little shocking. They, they'd be okay with that.
0: Well, I think it's also, you know, um, there are some artists out there to where, you know, people are still, will still buy their album.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you want the whole, you want the entire project. You just don't want pieces of it. Yeah. You know, there are some people who still listen to music that way. So, um, I think it will balance out mm-hmm. for the most part. And, um, also the universal music group will give, um, Spotify greater access to their data, which will help, um, which will in turn help the universal music group better engage their listeners. Mm -hmm. They'll find out, you know, what's, what's good, what's popular. And, um, it will, uh, they may have some new ideas or, you know, engage listeners in different ways. Um, and this was, this was a, this actually a big deal for the, um, as the article I got here from the Rolling Stone along with the New York times, that uh, Spotify can is looking to be a publicly traded company. They're valued at about $8 billion, have 50 million paid subscribers and 50 million free listeners. And, uh, with going with making these deals such as with Universal and Sony and Warner what's funny in the article is that they were listed as the three major labels as <laughs> if they're the only three which sounds about right yeah, actually yeah. so <laughs>
2: welcome
0: to 2017
2: yeah
0: um so it will if they can get access to their catalogs then you'll get more music uh to to listen to and stream if you're a paid subscriber especially mm-hmm. and um it will uh so that will help Spotify and and their listeners and on the other side with Universal they announced last year they were no longer offer streaming exclusives there uh with some of their artists or artists under their uh umbrella of mm-hmm. companies uh Rihanna, Kanye drake were all uh putting their albums exclusively on title or apple music uh, as far as doing the exclusive with the streaming service Mm -hmm. but they did it thinking well we'll bring the spotify people to one of those Mm -hmm. uh but it actually (laughs) cut out those listeners those the the spotify you know users it actually cut them out Mm -hmm. um And then uh, for the turning point, according to chairman, CEO, Lucian Grange, he said the turning point came when Frank Ocean released his visual album, Endless, on Apple Music, which fulfilled his contractual obligations to Universal and Def Jam. And then the next day he releases Blonde (laughs) on Apple Music under his own label. So Universal doesn't want to miss out on uh, that kind of opportunity. Um, if you know, we're just doing the exclusive things and, um, we're not a part of it. Yeah. So, um, that's a turning point for them. Um, and universal is likely to continue its policy prohibiting exclusives on one streaming service, uh, as they had just announced, um, And the deal notably marks a change, a major change in the way Spotify will do business. So previously, Spotify was not doing the exclusive thing. Uh, They may have gotten some things first. I think they got the weekends album first, but Mm -hmm. it was by like a day or a few hours or whatever. It wasn't much. Um, But uh, with Spotify, maybe they're pushing to um, to just to get more subscribers. They still have the free option but this is just a way to where they can maybe get a few more paid subscribers. Yeah.
2: They got to compete.
0: I mean, they're while they're
2: the top, they still, you know, it's not as expensive as other people. as not like, is a as Apple music, which one of the reasons I haven't switched to Apple music is because Spotify is a more competitive price, but ultimately you know, they just, they need more subscribers.
0: And part also is, um, you know, because they have the free option, mm-hmm. the music industry doesn't really appreciate that. Yeah. Taylor Swift. Uh, most yeah. Likely. And because, you know, with her, that's why her music isn't on Spotify, because they pay out lower royalties mm-hmm. because people can. And part of that is, is people listening for free. But they pay
2: out a higher percentage of their they they ha- they pay out a higher percentage of the money they make to artists. So while the royalties are, royalties are lower because they have the free option, they're actually paying more of what they make. Like, I think they pay actual 50% of everything they make goes to artists. And so when Taylor Swift came out with that, they challenged record companies. We're giving you as much of our money as we can. You need to up what you're willing to give your artists and kind of left it there. And I was surprised that we didn't hear anything from Taylor Swift on that since she was so big on trying to get her writers and her musicians paid. And Spotify has come out and said, we're already giving you half of what we make. Like, talk to your record company. I thought that was very interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, and along with that, with, you know, uh, in regards to streaming, um, streaming has officially helped the music industry make a comeback after nearly 10 years of decline, Mm -hmm. according to the RIAA, the recording industry associated association of America, $7.7 billion in revenue in 2016, And that is the highest growth since 2009 and an 11% improvement over 2015 and their best gains percentage wise since
3: 1998.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, In uh, for the first time, streaming was the biggest revenue generator in the industry, overtaking digital downloads and physical sales combined in total streaming accounted for 3.9 billion or 51% of the music industry, $7.7 billion. This This is from the New York Times. What's
2: just so funny, too, is like the thing that the RIAA fought against so hard. I honestly believe this could have come sooner Yeah. (laughs) if they just would have, you know, if 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 someone had the foresight. Yeah. If the early 2000s didn't happen, we probably would have seen this by 2007, but they fought against it
0: so hard. I think it's something that could have happened, like once we have the. Once we have the iPod mm-hmm. or you know the Zoom, yeah. if anyone still has one of those, Ashley Peterson, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then with the iPhone or with any mm-hmm. any mobile phone which could play music, you know that's around to 2000, between 2005 and 2008. Yeah, Uh when you have all these different devices, I well I think the the iPod was earlier than that. Yeah, the iPod I was I mean, like, like 2001. IPod. Yeah, 2001, 2002. Yeah. yeah. So once you have those devices. Then, you know, I don't know if I would have had the the force like to think mm-hmm. like that, but you would always, I would want to believe that someone would have yeah. thought of that. Like, well, maybe if we're streaming it, you know, with uh, the, the way the internet is coming up and, yeah. you know, the way, you know, how easy it is to mm-hmm. pirate music, it's actually a lot easier than than it sounds, mm-hmm. then maybe the streaming thing may be the way to go. Yeah. Uh, so this, this is something that could have happened at least 10 yeah. years ago.
2: I credit, I always credit Steve jobs with saving music, um, uh, because yeah. with iTunes, he basically had to find a way to make it cool. Um, you had to make it and make a way to find, make it accessible because nobody wants to go spend $12 on a CD anymore. Um, the record companies promoted, you know, we promoting more singles anyway. So how can I find a way to sell individual songs for a price or sell the album for a price? And iTunes found a way to do that. Yeah. Without iTunes, I don't think we have a Spotify. I don't think we have an Apple music. We definitely don't have Apple music, but like we don't have title. Yeah. We don't have any of this stuff. Without, we don't
0: have Amazon. Yeah.
2: You had to find a way to make it cool. As far as music goes. Yeah. And those Apple ads with the, um, with the, with the bands, I think the one that I remember off the top of my head, the scandal one with the warrior playing in the background, or even the one with, um, U two. Like, you know, it was like those ads made it cool. Like, Oh, it's cool to download music. Let's go download this music legally and pay for it. Um, and then next thing you know, like, you know, and you know, I feel bad for Rhapsody because Rhapsody had been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. Like what happened to them? They're kind of the losers in all of this. They were doing this way before Spotify was doing it. As a matter of fact, my first streaming subscription was a Rhapsody and it sucked. Like it was a data hound. Um, and then I got Spotify, which was better. And like the rest is history and Spotify's just overtaken everything. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you know, how far we've come and where we could have been, if only they just would have gotten their heads out their asses <laughs> and just embraced it's the technology. It's about
0: the CDs, man. Yeah.
2: Like my hey, Lisa, anyone,
0: at least it wasn't someone's was like, look, the cassette is the future. <laughs> oh God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's like, you want to, you, you have to keep them a captive audience. If you give them a CD, they just, skip they're just going the to skip around. Want. No, you just, no CDs. Hell, if I could go back to eight tracks, I would, but like, they're too big to go in cars. Like. <laughs>
0: Oh. <laughs> so yeah, um uh also um the chief cattle as well of course the streaming the streaming services Apple Music Spotify title, nearly doubling their subscribers mm-hmm. in 2015 and they did it 2.3 billion
2: cuz I would say this uh, is one of the yeah. first years I remember seeing commercials for streaming services like the yeah. the Apple commercial with Drake and Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And then with um, Spotify getting these exclusives, you know, the commercial with The Weeknd, like a, you, you actually sing them on TV, um, meaning they're putting more advertising dollars towards it. And it's good that that's paying off.
0: What's also interesting is that um, it says here, according uh, also according to the RIA's report, the organization's uh, CEO and chairman, Kerry Sherman noted that 2016 revenues would have likely been better if not for YouTube, who has been accused of paying too little in royalties. Um, Now, as far as like songs that are streamed on YouTube with, with video, Mm -hmm. is there something other than Vivo? I mean, I know like somebody like, I think Warner yeah. has their own. Yeah, I was going to say the account. individual record companies the indiv- have yeah, their own individual record companies have their own account.
2: Yeah. Um, but then there's also, I mean like the stuff that's uploaded illegally, you know, that's not getting that, you know, maybe YouTube is a little slow to take down. Um, so I'm not, I mean, I'm not familiar. I know there's you, the YouTube red, I believe it is, which yeah. is their streaming thing and YouTube music. I don't know what they're paying. Um,
0: I don't know. That's, that'd be interesting to look into to try to find out. Uh, It says it makes no sense to take that. It takes a thousand on demand streams of a song for creators to earn $1 on YouTube. Well, they're also playing
2: music videos though, too. So,
0: I mean, I could imagine
2: there's some sort of different
0: workout. Uh, And while services like Apple and Spotify pay creators $7 or more for these for every 1000 streams. Mm -hmm. So, um, because you also have to think
2: like with each and just kind of looking at at royalty breakdowns. Um, there's more like in a, in a song you have like, of course, your creative royalties. And I might, I might be getting the terms mixed up, but like creative royalties would go to the writers, um, and the producers, but then you have your mechanical royalties, which go to the performers. Um, and so then I would imagine with the music video, in addition to your royalties, to the writers, producers, mechanical royalties to the musicians and the singers on it, what about the royalties to the director? And the people involved in actually making the music video, if it's a music video. So it's probably well, the, the pie getting split up even smaller.
0: Well, in that case, but then with the, with the video director, mm-hmm. which I think has, I mean, that maybe that's something we could discuss also later, mm-hmm. the, the, where you, where you knew video directors names, yeah. I, I don't think we you no one can make your career out of being a video director anymore. <laughs> like Hype Williams. You can't just be Hype Williams and make music and make videos a living. <laughs> and make a living. You Can't be Dave Myers,
2: Mm-mm. Sam, Sam bear. No, <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: um, it also has here that, uh, what Carrie Sherman also said, this happens with the, with the streams because, uh, A platform like YouTube wrongly exploits legal loopholes to pay creators at rates well below the true value of music, while other digital services cannot. It may be the same song requested by the user on the same device, but the payouts differ enormously because of an unfair and out-of-date legal regime.
3: Hmm.
0: So basically, it feels like um, these other streaming services are fine, but YouTube is is kind of uh, cutting us off here.
2: I wonder how that's something to look into right there.
0: So Taylor Swift, you need to get your videos off YouTube now (laughs) because you're not getting paid enough. She ain't fighting Google. (laughs) (laughs) She ain't stupid. (laughs) Um, And uh, what's also interesting is that while we're talking about cassettes and and CDs, uh, CD sales continue to plummet.
2: I'm not surprised. Where can you buy them?
0: <laughs> um, with only 99.4 million physical albums purchased. Yeah. I
2: mean, honestly, like I, I don't, I mean, Walmart was, and target and
0: that's it. It's the first time in 30 years that less than a hundred million CDs were sold. But on the flip side, vinyl has gone up <laughs> hipsters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it is with a quarter of uh, all physical music sales now coming from vinyl, the highest percentage since 1985, That's according to Pitchfork.
2: <laughs> now all I see is like the hipster with like the turntable walking around, like it's a. <laughs> uh, you, well, you,
0: there's a there's this photo uh, gallery. It's on different. It's on a lot of different websites, but of just hipsters being very hipstery. Jewish, yeah, and there was one of a guy. Sitting in a cafe mm-hmm, with the record player with a record player and headphones. Oh. Yeah, um, that's very hipster. Yeah. But also interesting. It just says with the surge in streaming, digital downloads took a slight hit down 22% from 2015. Interesting.
2: Well, I mean, it's like, why would you,
0: um,
2: why buy it when you can just stream it? You know, you don't have, there's no risk involved in streaming. It's like Netflix, you know, you just, You've already paid for the service. You can stream it as many times as you want. I mean, like that's what I do. I mean, like, you just listen to the whole album, you know, rather than buy it yeah. and take it anywhere you go. And, and it, with Spotify, you can download it to your phone.
0: So yep. it's
2: literally like, I mean, like you can't compete with Spotify.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, um, you know, maybe there are those who aren't on the internet all the time with mm-hmm. their phone to where, you know, CDs and the, and the digital downloads, you know, just for that, for that moment can work. But, well, I mean, I had a friend too, who
2: didn't know, like, she didn't really know what Spotify was. Mm -hmm. And, um, (laughs) it was funny, like she had an iPhone with like a thousand songs that she downloaded from iTunes. And I was like. I was just showing her, I was like, you know, Spotify has every song you have. And <laughs> I only pay like ten bucks a month for this thing. And she was like, Oh my God. And she was like mortified. <laughs> and now she has Spotify and she's happy. So it's like, you know, I converted someone. And I just I wonder how many people out there just don't know. And so they're still doing it the old fashioned way.
0: And um downloading from the iTube stories. Yeah, now the old fashioned way. <laughs> yeah, that's the old fashioned
2: way. Like, you know Downloading like that's still so two thousand and eight, you know, like who does that anymore? I got spotify, um,
0: uh, so yeah, um so even well, it says here, even as the music industry climbed to seven point seven billion in revenue, that's still just half of nearly fifteen billion they raked in in its peak year of nineteen ninety nine a year before Napster that was. That was probably when, like, Britney Spears
2: and Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were right? yeah. uh, at the M&M, peak of their powers, Eminem. Yeah. I think Nelly may have been yeah. around then. Like, that was when, like, they were just burning money.
0: <laughs> they could just do anything. That's when there were a lot of, like, um, I'm not sure what year it was, but... There were a lot of expensive music videos mm-hmm. as well. Like the uh like that was like ninety seven, I believe, with the victory like, and scream and like what's it yeah. gonna be, Janet Jackson and Buster mm-hmm. Rhymes. It, if you look at the video it's like wow, that costs like three million dollars to make, mm-hmm. maybe more. Probably well, cost <laughs> half
2: mil today with technology. Yeah.
0: So yeah. uh yeah, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever get back to no. I mean, even with all the great music out there now, and mm-hmm. then people make better music. Uh, I don't know if we'll get, I mean, maybe we'll crack ten million, ten billion one 10 billion one day. Yeah. One year, but I don't know about 15. That's going to be like, that's insane. Man. That's like to think about that. Like, you gotta think like a
2: lot of artists were in their primes around that time. That was just like the music industry was just had like a proverbial, like, you know orgasm and just like you know
0: they got it um and Sherman does say here at the end a year of growth in the US music business is welcome news it suggests that years of patiently nurturing a nascent streaming marketplace has begun to pay off mm-hmm. but it does not erase 15 years of declines or continuing uncertainty about the future
2: yeah
0: mm. so if anyone has any ideas about how to get these people to buy music Legit. Uh yeah, let us know. Mm. We might give you credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll steal it and yeah. That's what we Napster. might give you credit for it. Yeah. We'll think about it. Uh so um Oh, I I I lost where I was going. Okay. Um we'll skip the book story. Uh, no, no, okay okay. I'm gonna edit that out. Okay. <laughs> um, so we have uh, so Cameron. Everyone knows about. Oh Cameron. goodness, this is crazy. <laughs> okay, like people, if you like Cameron, you know you know some of his songs. So like you got
2: uh, to give a history here. Of yeah,
0: his poor decisions. What I want to even get to the poor decisions yet? Yeah, I mean, that's what we were talking about here. We're talking about poor decisions as far as his music goes. Mm-hmm. So people know uh, the song "Hey Ma." where he sampled, he actually sampled, uh, easy by the Commodores. Yeah, yeah it was Commodores. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a song called, "Old oh boy. I can't remember what song was sampled. Exactly. There is mm-hmm. a sped up sample. So I maybe did Kanye produced it. Possibly. Probably that was his style back then. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, so there are some songs to where, or, uh, what the world means to you, he sampled Roxanne by the police. Um, well, I've heard that done before, so I can't get too mad. Uh, so there's going to be, you know, some, uh, some songs that, okay, you know, it's, it's hip hop songs. Everybody sample are going to be sampled. Mm-hmm. That's a normal thing. Yeah. But, uh, cab- when it comes to cab <laughs> in particular, I don't know if these are his decisions or his producers decisions, but they are questionable at best.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, There is the song uh, Let Him Know, uh, which sampled the theme song to Monday Night Football. Um, There is the Horse and Carriage remix, which sampled the theme song to Night Court. (laughs) Uh, But this one that came out last week, and we're going to play it for you. uh, It's... (laughs) Th- this this do you think it's the worst of those it
2: might have taken the cake yeah it's, so yeah
0: this is a song by cameron and if you hear the title you probably you might have an idea of what it's sampling it's called 10,000 miles so he didn't even try yeah he did <laughs> <laughs> <on> <sighs>
2: Yeah. I hope this becomes a big hit. Only so Vanessa Carlton gets paid, <laughs> just so she gets paid. Because I know that's what she was thinking when she gave, when she was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?"
1: Man. Uh...
0: All right, so we won't make you suffer. Um...
2: Best sample ever, or best sample
0: ever. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron
2: <laughs> has done it again.
0: So that is ten thousand miles by Cameron, uh, sampling a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton. Ups the ante. Did he think like this song's ten times? I made the song ten times better. Ten thousand miles, yo son. It should
2: be ten thousand miles, son.
0: Like, <laughs> yes,
2: son, you're right.
0: Uh. Um. So yeah, you can enjoy that one. On It's on Spotify. So. Yeah, enjoy. Enjoy that, yeah. And uh, it was released on Friday. We're recording this on Tuesday. It's already his third most popular song.
2: <laughs> How many people were just accidentally looking for a thousand miles and found it?
0: <laughs> and they're just disappointed. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, they, it's best sample ever or best sample ever smh man yeah. smh man. <laughs> um so for some uh records that i guess we could say we appreciate more um <laughs> we have uh okay here we go so the library of congress's national recording registry have added some recordings to their well, to the registry mm-hmm. and, um, they have their class of, this is officially their class of 2016 and each year. Well, no, not each year. Well, I thought it was each year they add 25, but they just uh, announced that they added 25 this year. Here's some, uh, these are albums or just oral recordings that are added to the registry for preservation. Uh, it includes, uh, NWA's album straight out of Compton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Remain in Light, the album from the Talking Heads, the recording of Sister Sledge's We Are Family, Richard Pryor's Wanted, live in concert, Uh, Their Greatest Hits by the Eagles, and American Pie by Don McLean, Uh, Judy Collins' recording of Amazing Grace in the Midnight Hour by Wilson Pickett, Hound Dog by Big Mama Thornton, uh, I'll Fly Away by The Chuck Wagon Gang, Over the Rainbow by Judy Garland, Putting on the Ritz by Harry Richmond, and Lift Every Voice and Sing by the Manhattan Harmony 4, and also the recording from Melba Moore and Friends.
2: I see in here also The Wiz.
0: Yes, The, the Wiz original cast album, and The rise, of, rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and Inspires from Mars by David Bowie. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, this is good. i also, um just looking through. Are you on the CNN one? Or no. No. Oh, they put "People" by Barbara Streisand, which I first heard at the end of an episode of The Simpsons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it also has um, the Bro- the Brooklyn Dodgers and New York Giants at the Polo Grounds, announced by Vin Scully. Yeah, I saw. And that. That's is that the game with the shot around the world? I don't know.
2: Um, but that's interesting. Cause he just retired, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, not just, I mean, he retired at the end of last season, but there was, um, it was their opening day was the first without Vince Scully since
0: I don't know when. It's okay. The good. shot her around the world was 1951. So that was, um, I'm not sure what, why that game in particular. Mm. It wasn't his first, was it? I don't know. Um. Uh, Let's see or it, it may have been the last the last Dodgers Giants game in New York. Oh, can I think about that what's the Brooklyn Dodgers yeah so that that may have been why that one is preserved. I can understand that, so yeah, um, a lot of great recordings added to the Library of Congress national recording registry and um yeah. So several years from now or centuries, decades or whatever, um those will be found for people to listen to and possibly enjoy. For years to come. Alright. Um speaking of other songs and songwriters, uh Alan Meakin, we did announce we did talk about on, a, on an earlier episode the Songwriters Hall of Fame uh, inductees. This year uh, they also award a Johnny Mercer, the Johnny Mercer Award um, which is given to a songwriter or songwriter team who has been inducted in a prior year and whose body of work is of such high quality and impact that it upholds the gold standard set by the legendary Johnny Mercer.
4: Mm, okay.
0: <laughs> so this year's um, honoree is Alan Makin. Now you may not know who that is right off unless no. you're in musical theater, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Alan makin is one of the, um, let's see, how do we, how do I put this? Just one of the great songwriters for film okay. and theater. Um, he has won eight Academy awards. Now you know, you may hear the title of the song and you'll, you'll know who we're talking about. This is the guy, uh, either working with Howard Ashman or Steven Schwartz, um, and Glenn Slater, uh, Dave Zippel. I'm just listening off the other people who was nominated <laughs> with, um, for the Academy Awards. He wrote, uh, under the sea for the little mermaid classic <laughs> uh, beauty and the beast from beauty and the beast. He also, and also be our guest and bell from that also wrote kiss the girl. Um, he also wrote a whole new world and a friend like me from Aladdin. He wrote colors of the wind from Pocahontas, uh go the distance from Hercules. Um, Happy working song. So close. And that's how, you know, from enchanted and I see the light from tangled. Uh, he's also won, let's see, seven Golden Globe Awards for some of those same songs. Um, and
2: Man, he's,
0: he has 11 Grammys as well. He's done a lot. So from possibly an animated film like, well, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Enchanted, Tangled. Uh, He also was nominated for a song from Little Shop of Horrors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, He's also. um, uh, Any other films that may have been that he may have worked on here. Uh, He also produced The the Little Mermaid, uh, the Broadway version of it. Uh, He also um, produced or wrote Newsies, the, the Broadway version of Newsies and Aladdin. So you know you can associate his name with some great animated work <laughs> and theater mm-hmm. you know um so definitely um deserved yeah. uh honor for the johnny mercer award um let's see if they if they listed any other previous honorees. Well, we don't have to go through that, (laughs) but, uh, he was inducted in 2008. I think. Yeah. So, um, one of the great songwriters for TV and film, I mean, you, you're going to, you may get if you are able to get him, he may give you something great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, congratulations to Alan Minkin. Um, so, uh, ABC is putting together a new reality singing competition. And of course, we're talking about reality singing competitions. You may think American Idol, the voice, the X factor rising star. That was the one on USA, right? Host co-hosted by cowboy Troy. Yes, that was a Nashville star, Nashville star,
2: right? What's rising Rising star. Star?
0: That may have been CMT. I I, I think it might've been, but also, uh, The sing-off and the singing bee. Oh, yeah. The sing-off was the acapella. Yeah. Okay. That's where pentatonics came about. Uh, No, that was ABC. Rising Star was ABC. Okay. Oh, I think it was like really, really Mm short-lived. Like it lasted like a week and a half, maybe. They they tried
2: tried several times. Because
0: I think that's the one where um, you vote, like people are like voting live Whether Mm -hmm. a person like makes it through their song or not. It was kinda like a gong show type thing, I feel like. (laughs) Like you may not finish your song. Oh, that's sad. Um, But A B C is trying this again. Now they're trying to put together the next one direction, according to this article. (laughs) The next one direction, or Or... at least the next O Town. Oh, that's like that's kind of insulting. (laughs) (laughs) They had Old Town had two singles.
2: What, Liquid Dreams and um, All or Nothing?
0: Yeah, All or Nothing was actually a hit.
2: Yeah, Liquid Dreams was not. No. <laughs> as a matter of fact, Liquid <laughs> Dreams was—it's kind of disgusting if you think about yeah. it. Like they got away with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but one of those like cheap CG—well, not cheap, but really expensive CGI. I don't
2: know, man. This was Old Town. It might have been cheap.
0: <laughs> it might have been cheap. Shout out to Lou Perlman. Um, yeah, that was
2: a promotion,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, may he rest in peace. Um, <laughs> so they're putting together, uh, ABC is putting together a reality scene competition called Boy Band, uh, similar to Making the Band. And uh, there's going to be a 10-episode series order, which is set to come out this summer. Uh, no hosts or judges mm. or architects... As they are called on boy band. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make it seem like it's not fabricated. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Even though that's exactly what it yeah. is. They should are, make them live are, in a house together. <laughs> <laughs> uh it says it has been announced that um well not nobody has been announced. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I thought there was going to be, there weren't going to have any of those kind okay. of characters, but they haven't been announced who would be a part of it. Mm. Uh, but Variety reports that notable past boy band and girl band members are being approached for those roles. I, so uh, I think melody. we can just we can go ahead and pencil in Joy Fatone on yeah, this. Yeah, Joy Fatone. <laughs> Joy and probably Nick Lachey. What's Nick Lachey yeah. doing right now? Hope I would look. Well, he's, he's being, he's off being a dad, but I don't know if he's doing anything else. I like one of the Spice Girls, honestly. I think that'd be cool.
2: I doubt they could get them because I don't, I,
0: well, they've started performing
2: again, but I would like one of the Spice Girls.
0: Which Spice Girl would do it though? I, if they need someone like to be the breakout judge, like to be the Simon Cowell, spice, maybe? I think it would be, yeah. Jerry Hollowell would be, mm-hmm. would be on there. Because Posh
2: Spice doesn't really do much. Like she's not even touring with them anymore. She doesn't perform oh, them because okay. she's too busy being married <laughs> to you be know, and Dave, being a mother, David Beckham. Excuse <laughs> me. So yeah, I could see ginger spice doing that. She looks like she can be mean.
0: So uh, of course, uh, okay. This is good. This, uh, it looks like it's combining making the band. Mm-hmm. ABC had the original making mm-hmm. the band. For with those O-Town, who don't know, of course yeah. it's combining making the band and American idol because the audience can vote. Hmm. on who gets into this boy band. It's going to be an awful boy band. <laughs> so if it is awful, America can only blame themselves. Mm-hmm. It is your fault. Taylor Hicks got a career America. <laughs> that is your fault. And For that Sanjaya that we know who Sanjaya <sighs> is by name. Uh,
2: but that's another it was, episode. Right yeah.
0: There. uh, and over the well, of course the audience will vote and together the winning singers who form the boy band will receive a recording contract with Hollywood Records. So they're keeping this all in-house. <laughs> yeah. Um of course it's similar to making the band but including the audience participation and uh it seems that networks are coming back to the music or talent-based competitions uh after uh, American, well, shows like American Idol, X Factor, mm-hmm. rising star, the sing off, the singing beat all went off the air, Yeah. but the voice is still on
3: mm-hmm.
0: America's got talent is still on.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, well, both of those are on NBC,
2: right? I know the voices, I don't know about America's got talent. I think it is NBC is with a peacock, right? Yeah. Yeah. NBC.
0: Okay. So, uh is trying to get in on this. Yeah.
2: And who knows if it'll work. I mean, I'm honestly I was surprised the voice worked. I I still think, well, you know what? Take that back. I haven't watched it in a couple of seasons. I thought the first season was crap. Like it was pretty with bad. The Voice? Yeah, I didn't
0: like it. Well, at the all. thing is with The Voice now, from what from what I've read, I I haven't really watched The Voice. Or mm-hmm. or even historically with The Voice. It's not about the competitors. It's not about the contestants. It's about the, it's judges. About the judges. Yeah. That's why we, you know, that's why Maroon Five sounds the way they do exactly. because, because of uh, Adam Levine. Mm-hmm. It's because like. He's too busy doing the voice mm-hmm. so <laughs> he can't get the band together to write the songs that how they normally would write. Mm-hmm. They can't do their normal process.
2: God, I hope they do something else. So they
0: got all these drum machines and Hey, let's get future and Wiz Khalifa mm-hmm. on our songs. <laughs> I hope they do something where they like,
2: they get bored and they just go play with other people. Cause there are, there are some talented musicians in that band. Yeah. <laughs> just go play with someone else and just have some fun.
0: Uh, this will be a future episode uh but because of uh the success of the voice mm-hmm. and the uh the the upcoming boy band show, uh American Idol may be making a comeback. And <laughs> which NBC in, okay, NBC wants to get American Idol, but you have the voice. Isn't that the mm-hmm. same show? Yes and no.
2: Because uh, the voice is more so based on literally your voice because what's supposed to happen is um it's a blind audition so all the judges are t- are not facing you when you sing so they have no clue what you look like and that was supposed to be the allure of the show it's all about the voice it's not about you um so they've had some I don't want to say unsightly people on the voice but like people that might not for looks reasons make it you know through American Idol um are on the voice. And, and usually you have people with more unique voices. Whereas I I felt like, you know, an American idol, a lot of the singers sounded the same. Um, you get some unique characters, but that's, and that's the selling point of the show. And then like they mentor you and like the first judge to turn around,
0: the, the, the voice is
2: American idol with ugly people. Kind of. But then also like you get to be on people's teams. And so like when the judges are not facing you and you start singing, the first judge to hit the button on their chair and turn around gets you on their team.
0: So it's a competition between the judges. That's why the, basically, yeah that's, that's why why, stars.
2: yeah, that's why the contestants don't really matter. And then they'll even sometimes come up there and sing with them as well. So like there was one audition where, um, this one girl was auditioning and this was when Christina Aguilera was still on there and she was auditioning. And I think Christina turned around first and chose her. And the girl was gushing over Christina Aguilera and says, would you would you come up here and sing with me? And, of course, she tried to act like she didn't want to. But we all know she did because she's a, she's a diva. And she gets up there. And I'll admit, I was like, damn, I forgot Christina could sing. Like, <laughs> she got up there and it wasn't even close. And I'm like, why would you invite Christina Aguilera up there and now sing with me? Now nobody wants you on their team. Like, it's just like, oh, oh well, you're, you're not as really good as <laughs> Christina. <laughs> no, it's just that you're next to one of the best singers of all time. Like, that's not fair. But that's on her for doing it, you know? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, Oh, Brian McKnight, would you come up here and sing with me? (laughs) No, because he's better.
0: I don't Uh, need that. So yeah, we'll have a future episode about, um, music based reality competitions. Probably more in particular American Idol. Um, I'll even tell the story of when I, when I auditioned, I'll tell the story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, um, last but not least, uh, Ben, you have this about uh Kanye West's Life of Pablo breaking some records.
2: Yeah, boy. Yeah, so I mean, not much to it really. Um Kanye's Life of Pablo became the first album to go platinum on a streaming only. Uh first streaming only album to go platinum. It's been streamed over three billion times and certified by the RAAA. um as platinum, uh um, the first streaming only album to hit the top of the Billboard two hundred. Um I I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, this is what streaming can do. Only thing that kind of sucks is it took Kanye West, one of the biggest stars in the world to do it. So, um, will we see later? Well, I mean, the weekend album was also had a physical release. So, I mean, I think maybe the only other person that would be able to do something like this right now might be chance the rapper, but I mean, he seems to be doing fine. So I don't think he'd really push his albums like that. And I think you said he's going to release the next one physically too right or is he trying to is he still not trying to do that
0: um not that i know of
2: okay then maybe he could he's gaining popularity
0: i mean he, he could do it um but then it's a matter of well does he need the uh yeah. does he need a label behind him and if he does then he probably won't do it yeah because <laughs> four more label
2: tries to stop him you know what's gonna happen
0: so yeah all right uh so interesting to see that um I think what one person who probably could have done this if she w- didn't do it an ex- as an exclusive mm-hmm. is Beyonce. Yeah, she could have, yeah.
2: But I don't think her comp- I don't I don't think Sony will let her. Like Sony wants the physical release. So, well, cuz yeah. they wouldn't even they were getting mad when she was trying to be on um title exclusive. They shut Jay-Z down.
4: It's
0: <laughs> like, nope. Can't have
2: her. I don't care if she's your wife. <laughs>
0: All right, well, that will do it for our music seg- our music news segment. Um, and uh, there will be some links or videos uh, on our website uh, when we post the episode. So you can uh, kind of follow along with this or get some context as to what we're talking about. So, Ben, what's your ear room of the week? All right. I think i let you hear this this before. Ella Riot,
2: it could be so easy. Or just it could be. Um, had the privilege of... I guess well I don't know I feel weird saying sharing the stage with them because we didn't perform on the same night per se, but we were in the same venue The Rock Boat. Um, I believe she was also on The Voice. Their singer was on The Voice. Phenomenal singer, um, very talented singer, um, good guitar uh, not guitar player but um or probably guitar player I don't know but keyboard player. Um, just really good. Instantly loved this band the very first time I saw them. I think we ended up watching them perform like two or like twice. We watched all of their sets. Anytime we could find out that Ella Riot was playing, we went and watched them because they were so good. So um, I don't know if they're still around. I don't know if they're still doing anything. Um, I, hell, we should probably have, I'm going to try to hashtag them on Instagram if I can find them to get back together because I really like this band.
0: All right. Uh, this is from their EP Love Child, uh, which is uh, the only five songs they have yeah, on that's Spotify. All. Yeah. So this is It Could Be. I can get back to our playlist here. It could be by Ella Riot and we will be right back. That is, it could be by Ella Riot from their EP Love Child,
2: man. I miss them. I, I really From
0: 2011.
2: Yeah. If I, yeah, no, and I got, I got to meet them too. They were, they were just really cool people. Like guess. And if you get a chance to, the video for this song is pretty funny. So yeah, I think it's all filmed in reverse, if I remember correctly. I can't remember, but it's, okay. it's, it's just, it's just, yeah. They're
0: cool people. I like them. Alright, um, so check that out on our BTTYHT earworms playlist on Spotify. Alright, so uh we're gonna get to our indie Instagrammer of the week. Um of course let's explain the rules to be our indie instagrammer of the week. One, uh we can't know you. Yeah. Uh two If you have music on Spotify, that's fine. If not, then the point is, if you have an Instagram account and you like one of our posts, particularly when we post when we have a new episode, uh, we will pull up your music. We will listen to it for the first time as we are recording right Mm -hmm. right now. And uh, and we'll discuss it. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe us, we
2: disqualified a girl what last we, week? Yeah, yeah. Or, the,
0: or the or the episode before we had, had to disqualify someone because Ben had heard her music yeah. before, <laughs> and I really liked it, and I was so geeked that she liked our post. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this week, our indie Instagrammer of the week is Lena Reagan don't sound familiar. Okay. So good. Go. I had to check. I had to like, have you heard of her? No. All right. So Lena Reagan, like one of our posts, uh, you can follow her at Lena Reagan on Instagram. Thanks for liking. And, uh, with her music, uh, this is actually a song that came out last week. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's the only song she has on there. So, uh, this is her Spotify debut, I guess you would say.
2: Does she have a um, like a genre
0: description or anything? I have no idea.
2: Okay. All right. Those are the that's, most all, fun. that's also
0: part of it that we have no <laughs> idea what genre it is. It could be
2: it could be like Indian music. We'd have no clue. Uh,
0: we did play some deep house once. So... Scared out of my mind.
2: I think I went home and did some E after. <laughs> deep House, I remember that.
0: So uh, have no idea about the genre. Um, but This is a song that she came out. Well, that was released last week on Spotify. It's called Reckless Love, and we're going to listen to it and find out what it's about.
2: Touch
4: me in the
5: way Gotta keep your hands on me. Seek out the steel street sign. Keep watch. Look out for cop lights. If you get caught, don't care.
2: It's all right. two I mean, I'm not crazy about the sound of the recording but the song's not bad you know? okay that's such an odd time signature to put the verses in though but One, two, three. like you can't really you can kind of bounce to it after you know it like you can yeah like, like, at first, it's like, oh, wait, no, wait, where's that other... You're waiting for the extra beat. You're denied that beat. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad, you know? It sounds you know, kind of like, like a pop song, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, vocally, she reminds me of uh, Luna George.
2: I could hear that. I hear that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, musically... It sounds. I feel like she may also listen to a little bit of um it reminds me of that song by Charlie XEX.
2: Boom clap? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. And a little bit of that. hmm And um I hear like some similarities vocal a, wise too there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So going for that big it's kinda like a a big pop sound if yeah. there's such a thing.
2: hmm Well, no big pop because that's what um uh the album by Fallout Boy that had centuries on it was full of that. Like that and the one right before it were full of those type of pop songs. Yeah, uh, uh,
0: Save Rock and Roll and yeah, American Beauty Roll American, Roll and American Psycho. Yeah,
2: had that huge sound. Um, Butch Walker produced Save Rock and Roll. I don't know if he did um, the other one. I can't think of the name of it. American, American, American Beauty, Beauty American, American Psycho. Psycho. I don't know if he did that one too, but um, yeah, it's almost that Butch Walker when he does pop sound like butch walker's known for um i would love to meet him by the way but yeah he does the huge he can do the huge sound like so so well it's so funny too i wonder if people have heard like what he did before he started doing that (laughs) it's so different but no i mean i that's that's my that was my first thing though with this song like that's such an odd time signature like a three a three three time signature meaning you know three beats per measure Um, was so, that's such an odd thing to do with a pop song. Like a rock song, yeah, but a pop song where you're trying to make sure that like from the get-go, people can nod their heads or dance to it. Like this, like it took a few measures (laughs) to like, oh, okay, that's gonna happen for the duration of this, (laughs) this, you know, for what we're hearing and then go straight into four, four times. So it was a little weird, but I mean, overall not a bad song.
0: All right. uh, Great. what do you think? Just... Uh, I mean, I, I like it. Like I was, I was listening for like, man, this is, this sounds familiar. It reminds mm-hmm. me of certain things. Um, I do like it. It's a good first single. Um, I wanted to. um, I, I guess it, it seemed like, is it one of those songs? Like to me, it sounded like the music part overpowered the vocals. Yeah. And that could be, bit. that's mixing. Like that's kind yeah. of bad mixing.
2: And it, it did sound like that. Where you could you could just you, you kinda struggled at times
0: to hear her voice a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um not that her voice is a bad fit for that sound. It's just you if you have to you have to be careful that it can that kind of voice can easily get lost. Yeah. Yeah, they should
2: have they probably should have brought down at least bring down the drums. Um, if you're not gonna bring down everything else, like it was it was pretty loud.
0: Yeah. Uh, but you can check out her song and our other songs, uh, that we have played as the Indie Instagrammer of the week, BTTYHT Indie Instagrammer of the week that is on Spotify. Um, well, for our new segment, you want to do that now, or you want to wait until after, Hmm. I don't know. What do
2: you think after our main topic? I I mean, we could stick it in there at the end if you want. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. What I mean depends on what song you're gonna go with this time.
0: I don't. I, well, you know, I'm gonna have you pick because most of these are are, are that I put on there. Okay. Let's do it at the, we'll okay. at the end. People, I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll have a new segment um, towards the end of our podcast here. So we started our podcast with the song Paola Blues" by Neil Young, and. Um, uh,
2: I thought that was a really good intro, by the way, like the, from, um, from the, your opening to the intro of that song, it just fit perfectly. That might be the best intro like we've ever had. Like I thought it was really good. Yeah. yeah. It just fit perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate that.
0: Uh, so, um, and people who follow us on Spotify are aware of what our topic was going to be. um, Mm -hmm. And it's of course, uh, this thing called pale, mm-hmm. uh, for people not familiar with the term, it's the illegal practice of payment or the inducement by record companies for the broadcast of recordings on commercial radio in which the song is presented as being part of the normal day's broadcast. So basically record companies or someone associated with the record company giving a radio station money to play a particular song. hmm. Uh, and then to play it continuously in in hopes of it being a hit song, pay to play, pay to play, you know, it's kind of like, you know, giving, um, you know, people who follow college sports, giving that college athlete or that high school recruit money to come to your school. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee that will come. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you kind of even the odds a bit, you know, may have a. Well, you've seen the Pony Excess document, yeah. the gold Transam <laughs> incident with Don't Eric know how Dickerson. It got there. <laughs> like, oh, well, you can't say, oh, hey, we, we paid that guy off. We bribed mm-hmm. him. He's not uttering the bribe. Nope. <laughs> you just got to eat it. So the song um, has come to be, I mean, sorry, the term has come to be just to refer to as a, a secret payment mm-hmm. uh, to Cast the product in a favorable light, so it can cross over to the business world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as far as what what's what's one of the first things that stuck out to you when you, with any research you've done, Ben?
2: Well, with payola, I mean, I've, I'd always heard of it being associated with pay to play. I didn't know the history of it when I started researching it, but I knew that even though it was supposed to be illegal, it was widely accepted that it still occurs even today. Um, and you know, some different forms or, you know, one way or another. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, like how they, you know, DJs now no longer have the, um, ability to control,
0: you know, make programming decisions. You don't really, you don't really have the DJs anymore. Yeah.
2: But you can still, you know, find directors. You can still find people who make decisions. And I guess that might be even more dangerous. The fact that you're like, now you're probably paying somebody who has control over several stations (laughs) rather than just one to get a certain song played. So that was my first thing. Like, well, yeah, it still exists. Um, ruined the career of one person. Uh, another guy got out, kind of got out. Well, not scot free necessarily, but he, he got out just in time. Well, Yeah.
0: I'm. Um, well, yeah. Uh, we were talking about two primary figures mm-hmm. as far as the pale of scandal that happened in late fifties, early sixties, yeah. and the two most prominent names in music, as far as like promotions go or, or radio play, with that scandal they went in opposite directions yeah. and um it's there one is we know about one we know who one <laughs> is if yeah. you if you you know if you stayed up on new year's eve you know about one and then with the other <laughs> it's like uh, who's that i mean mm-hmm. if you don't live in cleveland you don't you have no idea who he is probably yeah. um so some people say that Paola is as old as the music business. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's something that's always happened. Yeah. Um, and with determining what songs were hits, um, and, um, ad agencies, or I think that's the associated with the show the hit your hit parade, mm-hmm. refused to reveal their methods in which how they determined, which I thought was funny, what the <laughs> hits were. It just sounds like you're doing something shady. <laughs> like it just sounds shady. is like, okay, it's either a lot of people are buying it or DJs around the country are playing it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like what, or people are calling to, to request it. What, mm-hmm. what is, what's, what has to be so secretive about that? <laughs> We're also paying them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not supposed to say that's what to say that. That's our secret. That's our, <laughs> how you do it. Um, you know, so there was, uh, there was a, pro, um, reading here, there was a prosecution for pale. Of course, we'll be talking about the, uh, congressional pale investigations, mm-hmm. the official investigations. Um, and, uh, it says a radio hits were also also threatened old revenue streams Mm -hmm. as far as like songs that were put on the radio kind of would would seem random at the time. (laughs) Um, uh, Three quarters of records at the time by the middle of the 1940s were produced that three quarters of records produced in the U S went into jukeboxes. So that was a, like that was a, a big deal yeah. to, to have your song in a, in a jukebox anywhere in America. And, uh, the, uh, prosecution for appeal, it came about because the traditional establishment, I guess the big record companies, someone maybe similar to a universal Sony yeah. <laughs> or Warner didn't like any of these upstarts coming in. Mm-hmm. And it was a practice among, independent record companies and publishers to, I mean, anyone who's seen, you've seen the movie Ray. Yeah. Um, I think it was, it was a scene. I I don't know which song it was. It may have been, I got, I've got a woman. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You see, uh, I can't remember which guy it was, uh, but one of his producers, okay was in a radio station and that you see you hear the guy announced you know, I got a woman, right? Ray Charles, and he hands him a little money, puts it <laughs> in his pocket and he walks out. Um you've also may have seen it in the movie Dream Girls. Yeah. I, I remember that. Where, you know, to get uh James Thunder Early's song on the radio, you know, had to pay their DJ a little bit of money. So mm-hmm. um I guess for me now it's I mean you you put that in Mm-hmm. You put you put that scene in the movie because hey at the time that's how it went. Yeah. But I guess for more contemporary audiences um I think it's like kind of a mixed reaction like yeah. well, what is, what is? Well I mean it's
2: for one some people I think it's it's hard to imagine that it's still happening even though Yeah, I
0: I definitely believe it still yeah, happens today. Even
2: though in um if I remember correctly in Atlanta and like the first episode, like he's pays to get Paperboy, yeah. <laughs> on the radio. Yeah. So there's an example of a <laughs> modern day granted it's with, you know, it's not a record label doing it. It's an independent promoter, which they talk, you know, I, I read about, you know, um, after, you know, record companies and couldn't really go to DJs anymore, independent promoters became more of their go-to for payola. Um, you had an independent promoter in that episode. Of course. I mean, that is fiction, but like, that's probably what really happens. Like, Oh, I want to, I'm an up and coming artist in
0: Atlanta. Right. If get you're on the radio. an indie artist trying to get on the radio, mm-hmm. you kind of, you have to do that. Yeah. it, And you're probably <laughs> you like, I have to do it. That's what I got to do. That's what I have to do to make it. So like, there may be some people like openly advertising their rates. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, if you want your song on here, we'll play it <laughs> one time a day. If you want it two times, this is how much mm-hmm. it is. If you want it five times. This is how much it is.
2: And I think because of the independent artist, the independent promoter, the independent nature of music nowadays, that's probably why it's met with like, well, so it's like, you know, it's kind of like one of those, like it's accepted. Like this is what you have to do because I, you have no clout. I don't know you. Um, so if you want to get on here, what's what's in it for like me, I haven't even listened to the song mm-hmm.
0: yet. <laughs> so we
2: don't do that now. Like all the people that we told us send us stuff we're you don't have to pay us. We're not paying. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. You know, um, if we get, if we're, if we become any kind of prominent and because we played your music, you know, of course you'll be recognized for that, mm-hmm. but we're not expecting any money to be exchanged. Now, if we ever we're get, ge- we're giving, we're giving you <laughs> exposure just to some people who may have never heard your music. You mm-hmm. may have a bigger following than us, but you can always get new listeners mm-hmm. uh, and new fans. And so can we, so I guess we're kind of like. We're kind of building off you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you may have more, more, uh, more, draw. more listeners and more and more of a fan base than we do.
2: And it's almost similar. If you think about it, the practice of payola is very similar to advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, the bigger the aud- the bigger the audience, the more um, a, a, a station can charge for advertising. You know, you have sweeps week. That's where, you know, they put on their, their best suits, their Sunday best, so to speak, to get the most viewership. So they can have the highest ratings, they can charge more, um, and that's kind of what Pale is like. I mean, like a, a little pull dunk DJ in like you know middle of nowhere Nebraska is not making the big bucks from Payola. It's typically DJs with pull. You know, I'm I'm gonna give the most to a DJ that's on the radio with the largest audience because I know that that has the biggest chance and clout. You know, um, they have the biggest chance of making my song a hit. So it's, I mean, like I wouldn't be surprised if some people nowadays see it as a form of almost like, you know, paying for advertising. But I mean, and as we're going to talk about, I'm sure the, the congressional hearings, these are government run. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you can't just, you know, you can't just bribe a DJ. Like they have regulations. The FCC has regulations
0: on how this stuff has to be done. What's also interesting here is that it says that um, independent record companies who probably had to do, who you know, had to do this the most, mm-hmm. um, they used it to promote their artists and at the time you know this being in the 50s it's the the um i guess the the upswing or the the comeuppance of rock and roll music Mm -hmm. and it says you're promoted cultural diversity and djs were less inclined to indulge their own personal and racial biases Mm -hmm, because money is green (laughs)
1: that's the only thing that matters you're paying
0: them Yeah. Yeah. They'll play, they'll Mm -hmm. play Chuck Berry. Mm -hmm. They'll play some Ray Charles, little Richard. Yeah. They'll Uh, play play some (laughs) little Richard, you know, if they weren't getting paid. Yeah. They're going to put on the Pat Boone version. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it, uh, it kind of, it kind of helped the music Mm -hmm. industry along as far as it being more diverse Mm -hmm. and bringing, um, they brought people together. Yeah, <laughs>
4: you
2: no, and, and, and that's in, a, in a lot of ways. And that's, it's funny that you mentioned that. Like, it's kind of like it's one of those things where did did the means justify the ends? Justify the means? <laughs> like, you know, radio got more diverse. Um, blues and country and blue um, country blues and stuff like that got played on the radio more. But at what cost? Is like you know, yeah. well, we had to bribe you know grease some palms as they would say, but was it worth it in the end? Like you know, without Paola would we know about certain artists
0: yeah. have to wonder? Um, and the, the two figures that will, that, you know, we've mentioned that we will talk about Neil, Neil Young mentioned it in his song. Yeah, he calls him <laughs> <them> out. <laughs> Alan Freed, <laughs> um, Alan Freed and Dick Clark were at the, um, at the forefront of, of this controversy of these investigations. I wonder where it was, um, what I had a hard time finding is where it got out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I say, in comparison to the pony excess documentary, mm-hmm. there was that one kid the who snitch. he snitched and it, he was a guy who would, yeah, he was an okay player, mm-hmm. but actually it was two players. It was like one, he was like an all American as a high school senior and he was good, but they didn't really need him. Mm-hmm. But they preyed on his family's poor. Yeah, we can move you down here. He's he from the one Pittsburgh. With mental
2: problems or no?
0: No. Okay, because the one I remember the one with mental problems. That's what I was thinking of. The one, the one talking like he's from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and he probably should have gone to University of Pittsburgh <laughs> and played football there, <laughs> but whoever was recruiting him, quote unquote was like, we'll move your family down to Dallas. We'll get you a new house. We'll make sure sure your dad has a job. Mm-hmm. We'll take care of all the bills. You know, we'll make sure you have some money. And he kind of like preyed on that because his yeah. family was poor. Yeah. And then after like, uh, then when he got there, he got redshirted. So he wasn't going to play.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So who knows? You know, you got not a lot of people like put into account how that affects uh, an athlete. Yeah. To where, you know, if you were the man in high school, all right, you're going to go to college. All right. Uh, you're not going to play this year. Yeah. You're going to redshirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then you're so far away from home. That's going to, uh, that's going to have an effect on you. Mm-hmm. So he just left school. Uh, and then with the second player, the, the player that you were talking about, mm-hmm. um, he may have had some mental problems, <laughs> which turned into drug problems.
2: Yeah. And they kicked him out. And
0: then when they kicked him out and he's like, well, can I just finish my degree? Like, no, nah. <laughs> he's like, well, I'm going to tell everybody you yeah. paid me all this money. And that's why he's a snitch. He's not a whistleblower. That's a snitch. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that those are two moments in like in that documentary mm-hmm. to where things got out of control. I wonder what. I kind of wonder what that moment was in this, uh, in this place, in yeah. in this, with this investigation, like what was that one song? That's not really that good. Like it's okay, <laughs> but it's not a hit, They're like, but you've famous? given me all this money to play this song on the radio. Uh, I, I wonder <laughs> what that moment or that song may have been. Uh, and it, it may be a song that's like a hit now. And yeah. And the DJ is Alan like, Freed or or Dick Clark is like, this song is whack.
2: The DJ's like, We'll give
0: you fifty thousand dollars. He's like,
2: no, you gotta do more than you're normal for this. This is straight garbage. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so uh like I said, we talk about Alan Freed and Dick Clark. Uh Alan Freed um was one of the first DJs to play rock and roll music on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh he um <clears throat> he would find, he would just, you know, he was fascinated by it. Uh, he liked the energy of it. Um, and it, it fit his personality. I think that he, he felt that. And, um, that's why he's referred to as the father of rock and roll. And Mm -hmm. he liked to, he wanted to, um, you know, he wanted to bridge the gap of segregation. Mm -hmm. He wanted to, uh, appeal to, to teenagers in America, you know, if especially it's like during the summer or yeah. whatever, kids are out of school, they want to, you know, have mm-hmm. fun. And he, he provided some form of that. And he presented a lot of black artists on his programming yeah. rather than the Pat Boone version, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we um, are not sure what we're talking about here. Like if you, if you've seen Girls. Okay, and there's a scene where uh, CC writes Cadillac car for James or for James Thunder early. He writes Cadillac car. They record the song. um, It becomes a hit locally. And then all of a sudden on this American bandstand looking show, Mm -hmm. you have these four white guys singing a much slower, bland version Mm -hmm. of the same song. And, um, and then CC is like, so they can just like take my song and, and make it sound like that. And, you know, that's kind of how the music business was at yeah. that time, you know, uh, or if you've seen the five heartbeats where one of their, oh, that's been a while one of their have. first albums, it wasn't them on the cover. Like they did a photo shoot and like, mm-hmm. okay, we're making our first record. And it was this white couple on the cover of the album. Mm. They're like, what is this? You know, it's, it was, too- so uh, basically so white people would buy it yeah. and would listen to it. Um, but in the cases where with, uh, if a white artist covered the song, yeah, that one got played more, that one got played more and got bought more and the songwriters wouldn't get really paid for it. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> one, one, another example, one more example because uh, <laughs> they're all coming to me all at once. Um, in the little Richard movie where Leon yet. plays little Richard. Mm-hmm. I've only watched it once it was a long time ago. That's why I always think Leon is like, he, that's his role. He's always going to be that guy in a singing group <laughs> from the fifties <50s> and sixties <laughs> or, or a rock and roll artist from the fifties and sixties. He he just looks like that all the time. Um, but in the little Richard movie where he did, a, um, I don't know if it was Tootie Fruity mm-hmm. or one of one of his more famous songs. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote this. Uh, he found that Pat Boone was covering his songs. Oh, wow. So uh, and but he was singing it. But Pat Boone was having success with singing those songs. So mm-hmm. he wrote a song purposely. I think it was Long Tall Sally. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was a song. He purposely wrote the song that way. So it would be too fast <laughs> for Pat Boone to keep up with. And you see this where he records it and everything goes well. And then Pat Boone tries to do it. He's like, could, could you, could you guys slow it down? It's, it's, too fast." <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, man, maybe, I don't know if there's going to be a movie about Pat Boone. I mean, I think that would be really interesting yeah, that because be. that is the ultimate cultural appropriation, <laughs> <laughs> the, the ultimate, um, but, you know, maybe, maybe his managers or producers are, are, you know, paying radio stations to play his version of songs mm-hmm, because the black artists aren't going to get paid for it, even though it's their song, mm-hmm. but he's going to come to prominence. And that's why I know who he is, because mm-hmm. he did this, you know, he was complicit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was idea, but he was definitely complicit in all that. He made some change. <laughs> <laughs> um. So with the. Uh, congressional payola investigations uh, coming about in 1959, the United States Senate began invest investigating payola and um, those who were involved in the most prominent personalities, as we mentioned, Alan freed and Dick Clark. Mm-hmm. So um, in looking into this, what did, what is, what was the first thing that you, that, that stuck out to you about it? That he wouldn't cooperate <laughs> <laughs> um, and that well, and then the part about of, of course about Dick
2: Clark, um, I think I read he he divested the um part of the record company that he owned to kind of get out from under it. Um, and the fact that, you know, like before this, no clue who Alan Freed was, I'd never heard of him. But I knew who Dick Clark was. And so, like you said, they went in total, complete opposite directions. Um and then the other thing of course was at first I was like, Why are they investigating this? Why are we making a you know a federal case out of this? And then of course, like I mentioned government FCC like these stations are FCC regulated so they have to be run by a certain standard that says that you can't pay a DJ to play a song you can't you know giving it I guess an advantage or whatever they would call it but um, just I mean the changes that they the changes that they made um, like we said you know DJs couldn't make um, programming decisions and they may appeal a misdemeanor offense so I mean those are some of the things that they did to try to stop it but just the way in which they kind of, you know, these two prominent um, personalities acted, you know, one defiant, the other, what What I have to do to keep my career?
0: Well, I, I think, and um, the way that the, uh, it was the house subcommittee on legislative oversight, the way that they looked at it was, um, okay, these, these DJs are, are making all these decisions mm-hmm. and they're, they're getting money, but, the artists is, are they are forced to do some things that maybe they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Like it says here, they were, the DJs are paid money to, uh, uh, to be on the stations playlist for their songs to be played repeatedly. Fan, uh, bands were forced to play station sponsored concerts for little or no money yeah. in order to stay in the stations. In the rotation, good graces yeah. to stay in mm-hmm. rotation. And also paying the station to have to stage contests yeah. to hold contests of like meeting the band or if you win a record or whatever in exchange for airtime, which still happens today. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not, you know, to the
2: extent that it was, but contests with record with um with highly played artists, them playing for concert um, for radio station sponsored concerts. Who knows if that's what's going on right then? Cause it's still happening today.
0: Was what that kind of reminds me of, um, if you, like I said, I don't listen to the radio. I don't know how much Ben listens to the radio anymore. Enough, but not a lot. <laughs> but you hear like those, uh, sweepers to where like, you hear like, Hey, this is Trey songs and yeah. you're listening to like, they had to do stuff like that. Yeah. Trey songs may be sitting in a radio station for a couple of hours. Just doing tons just, of those, tons of those just listing radio stations <laughs> mm-hmm. just so they might possibly play his music mm-hmm. on the radio station. Um, and that's another way to where, uh, in a way pale still exists today. Mm-hmm. Um, as is it that like with the meet the band contest in exchange for airtime for one of the labels, lesser known artists, so trying to get the lesser known artist mm-hmm. on there, um, to where yeah, it, it's hard to be about about the music itself. I think that's what Alan Freed was. He was about the music, mm-hmm. but it seemed it's it looked bad on the outside, yeah. Because okay, he's making the decisions of what music's going to be played. Mm-hmm. He's going to push certain artists which he feels are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to. Um, he's having these shows and with rock and roll music and the way people looked at it at the time, they're mm-hmm. like, you know, teens getting pregnant and it's the music's fault. And who's putting these shows together? It's Alan Freed. So let's blame him. Yeah. Um, He's also he was also doing a lot of movies, a lot of movies where hmm. rock and roll is being featured.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, And he's since he's in music. With the radio, with the shows, with the movies, he's doing some of his own songs like he's co-writing. I think he's the got Berry's song, Maybelline. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. he's credited as a co-writer for uh, with Chuck Berry. Uh, so because of that, how it progressed to that, mm-hmm. it looks like a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Maybe he he wants to play maybelline because he thinks it's a good song (laughs) but other people look at it as he's playing maybelline because because he gets money off of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so
2: it looks bad and he does not look how i thought he would look when i looked him up initially yeah um as someone who was such a big supporter of rock and roll and defiant um when it came to payola the um the investigations he looks so clean cut (laughs) like he looks like he'd be like yes i'll cooperate (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, he doesn't look
2: like he
0: would say, no, I'm not talking. <laughs> he doesn't look like that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he was he was doing his own thing. Maybe there may have been some shady dealings mm-hmm. uh, behind the scenes. Um, But I feel like he was he's like, I'm he probably didn't feel like he was doing anything wrong. Yeah. Or anything that was cause for his concern. You uh, can see that. Yeah. And on the outside, it definitely looked that way. Yeah, it looks really bad. So, uh, I think because he was stuck in like, hey, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm doing my own thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all just hating, Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, <salty>. know? yeah. <laughs> you know, um, cause I'm doing, I'm doing all these things. You know, if he were, if he were doing that today, basically like Alan Freed and Dick Clark today, that guy is Ryan Seacrest.
2: Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Cause he has his own radio show, right? His he own radio Chris, show
0: His own production company. He's an executive producer for reality shows. He's an executive producer, for American Idol and yeah. keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah.
2: What you think about it too, that um, the top 40, his top 40 does not mirror the hot 100. So who knows how those decisions get made?
0: Yeah. So he, he has his hand in, in different pots. I don't think mm-hmm. he's gotten into like producing music yet, Mm-mm. but that would definitely be a conflict of interest if he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the closest you would you would get to a looking guy. What happened to Rick looking. D's? What happened to him? Uh, I think he, I think he passed. Recently. Did he?
2: Because I know, like Rick D's in the Weekly Top Forty, that was a big one. That could have been. Oh, never mind. Rick D's
0: is still with us. <laughs> you just killed this man. <laughs> I killed Rick D's. I'm sorry. <laughs> I confused him with Casey Kasem. Yeah, I'm Casey. Though, yeah, Casey Kasem
2: is dead, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought so.
0: But, um, but even with those guys like Rick Dees and Casey Kasem kind of doing the same thing mm-hmm. that Alan Freed and Dick Clark were doing, um, just primarily on the radio.
2: As a matter of fact, I remember an mm-hmm. episode of the Rick countdown where they brought in an artist to do like an in-studio thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was like, Hey, you come in here and you do this and you know, maybe, you know, we pay you, you get her on the radio. Cause it was Jennifer page, that song crush. Mm. I mean, one hit, she was the one hit wonder, but like she was in there, they did a whole breakdown of the recording of the song. Like they took, they had like, they had the master recordings and they like, like, Oh yeah. So what was the recording process like? And they're like, Oh, well first we took the guitar and they played the guitar part and just layered each part on into the song.
0: When they reminds me, of uh, Rick D's, mm-hmm. um, except with Alan Freed getting into co-writing music, mm-hmm. Rick D's had a, had a, had a hit song. Oh, wow. It's called disco duck. That was him. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I, know Rick uh, I don't know how much he played it on his own show, but if he played it on his own show at all, it might be a conflict. It might be considered a conflict of interest if, because him playing it on his own show uh, helped make it a hit. Mm. So, um, you know, I, That's there funny. Was, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> There was there was some lines that were that could have been or were crossed mm-hmm. um, in this regard. And like you said, Alan Freed refused to cooperate <laughs> during these hearings. Uh he was fired from um Is he working uh, in Cleveland at the time or was he in New York by then? Let's see where he was. Um nineteen fifty eight. I think he was in mm-hmm. Cleveland. Uh, no, he's in New, New York. York. Yeah. he's in New York. W-I-N-S. Um, so with, he, uh, it was shown that he accepted payola and, uh, like I said, he had taken some songwriting credits, most notably on Chuck Berry's Maybelline to which he received part of the song's royalties. And if it was played on his program, people would go buy it. He Mm -hmm. makes more money. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, even in some cases it has Harvey Fuqua of the moon insisted that freeze name was not merely a credit on the, their song sincerely, but that he actually did co-write it, but it would still be a conflict of interest yeah. if he were playing it on his station, mm-hmm. uh, to promote it. And then people buy it. and He's making money off of that. Mm-hmm. So basically with a, with being a DJ, you can't be a DJ and an artist. No. <laughs> um, you know, that's that's what uh I guess that's why I went ludicrous. He had to make a decision. Yeah, he can't be Chris <laughs> Love, Love and ludicrous no. Yeah. Um so in that regard with with Alan Freed, he lost his radio show on WABC. Uh he was fired altogether in nineteen fifty nine and he had a television show as well. Um I wanna say that was the big beat or if it was something else. Um I know he had the show the big beat but that was canceled after Frankie Lyman uh, with Frankie Lyman and the teenagers were on the show and Frankie Lyman danced with the white girl from the studio audience. And that, that was a problem. It was 1957. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was a problem. Um, that led to it being canceled because basically, uh, the big beat was parallel to American bandstand. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I mean what how do how do you look at it with Alan Freed? Do you think he had his hand in too many pots? Does it look shady? Or do you feel like, you know or do you think there were other like social factors that led to this investigation and with him being uncooperative, it makes it worse? I think
2: the uncooperative uncooperativeness makes it look worse. Um, and so the, but the fact that, um, and I guess, I mean, I I had read that, but I'd never put two and two together. The conflict of interest makes it even worse. The fact that you could basically start getting into music, writing music, and then use your own platform to push it. And not only are you getting paid every time there's a spin, you're also getting paid because you're influencing people to go out and buy it. And so that's kind of the thing that kind of blew me away the most, just sitting here listening to you say that, like, wow, I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, you could go out and record a song. Um, or go out and help record a song to where, you know, you would get paid off of it somehow and no one would be none the wiser. Cause if you think about it back then, um, back then, you know, like nowadays, I think that's a little harder to do because of there's, you know, information, you know, it's both of us have, information you on, have smartphones yeah. and you have a laptop and I have a tablet sitting in front of me. We can find out <laughs> anything we need in a matter of seconds <laughs> back then. You don't have this, you know, that's why that today I learned. I'm going to talk about later where, um, two of the former members of ZZ Top were able to tour the U.S. as a broken-up band from the U.K. because no one knew what they looked like. It's just The information just wasn't readily available. So, like, who knows what Alan, Free, uh, Alan Freed could have gotten his hands into without people knowing, kind of sitting up there pushing the buttons, so to speak. Um, and until then, I didn't necessarily have an isu- a real issue with it, and I guess maybe that's just because of how we've come up in this climate to where, like you said, you get mixed emotions. Some people are just going to be like, Oh, that's
0: just how it gets done. You know? Um, so yeah, with we like, okay. We talked about Alan Freed and kind of how he had his hand in a lot of different pots here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick Clark was in, it went in the opposite direction.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he did cooperate and testify before the committee. Um, uh, and he got through that because he, you know, basically separated himself from any ownership interest that he had in yeah. the music industry. Um I think he he saw it for what it looked like. He mm-hmm. may have also thought he might been doing anything wrong. Yeah. But he saw it for what it looked like. is like, well, let me just if I separate myself from uh you know, any of these royalties or anything I'm making off of the record companies let me separate myself from that. I'll just focus on radio and television. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I can still do what I do. Um, so that's basically how, how he got through it. And, you know, we all know Dick Clark, (laughs) we all know what, what he does. Like he, he had American bandstand for several years. Then he's hosting game shows. I, I believe he had a radio show. Um, New Year's Eve yeah. with Dick, Dick Clark is part of my childhood. And he
2: like like, he was the precursor to, a, to I mean, like, I guess
0: either the precursor,
2: he was the precursor to Ryan, uh, Ryan Seacrest, or you could say that you know, Ryan Seacrest is this modern days, you know, Dick Clark, so yeah. to speak. They're kind of following, he's following the same, you know, hosting all of these different things, hosting a TV show. He even shows. has his New Year's Eve special. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it started out now. doing radio in Atlanta. So it's like, you know, you can, he's kind of mirrored his career, so to speak.
0: Um what I found here also is that well, like you've already mentioned, the DJs were stripped of making programming decisions mm-hmm. um and Paley becoming a misdemeanor. Um, but it went to the station director, yeah. as you said. Uh so <laughs> so labels are only had to contact the station director. Yeah, one person so now instead of it, several. It, it's <laughs> it's all it became like centralized. Yeah. You just made it easier. Uh <laughs> um, <You're> like thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, just so it didn't look like the labels are reaching out to the station mm-hmm. director, but with information being easier to get to, we'll find out who the station director is. Okay. Does he have that station? What other stations mm-hmm. does he have? What, what, what markets are we trying to reach? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it just made labels have to organize this a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? One big payment instead of several small payments, right? Yeah. You know, you don't have to like, you know, you know, it's not a hundred dollar handshake anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's a wire transfer of more than a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so to get around it, just so it didn't look like the labels were going directly to program directors, they went to independent promoters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, every time I hear the word promoter, as far as music goes, I'm just thinking of the guy who puts those glossy flyers on your windshield. Oh God! <laughs> the ones that the ones I just throw away, basically. Yeah, just helping me litter. <laughs> you, so you don't. So you just throw it on the ground?
2: No, I put it in my car.
0: Oh. Yeah. I, If it's on my windshield, I just like the windshield to the flyer, and I don't want to say I throw it. Mm-hmm. I just like let it fall out of my mm-hmm. hand. To the ground. <laughs> I don't throw it to the ground. I let it fall to the ground, and uh, yeah, I just keep it moving. Um,
2: <laughs> well, it depends. Like if it's something really ratchet, like they're selling hair, that goes in the
0: ground. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So labels went through independent promoters yeah. with the to try to get around this payola to make it seem like it's not what it still is. Um, and NBC News had an investigation in 1986 in which there was another round of investigations. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure how that turned out, but then with, um, with Napster and other music sharing websites, that kind of independent promoter yeah. is now, he now he only has those glossy flyers to hand out. We just went back to talking to the station directly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then, uh, another, and then investigations by the then New York district attorney, Elliot Spitzer. Um, so yeah, something good about Elliot Spitzer. Um, (laughs) he found evidence, uh, well, he led the investigation that found evidence that executives at Sony BMG labels had made deals with several large commercial radio chains. Mm -hmm. Um, I still feel like that is that's in some way that is what's going on now. Yeah. Uh, what other reason is there to, to like I've mentioned before, why would I hear a Drake song seven times an hour? Mm -hmm. Well, there was
2: one interesting thing I read about too. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's some sort of hidden thing going on behind the scenes where, um, channel one, um, clear channel, clear Clear channel, channel one. Um, they have this thing where they, um, they'll come out with these artists, up and coming artists on the verge, where they have to play the song at least 150 times. And so the one that they cited Clear in Channel. this article, yeah, Clear Channel, they cited was Iggy Azalea's Fancy, and how that one blew up. They had to play it at least 150 times. A day? I believe so. I'm not sure if it was a day or just over the course of something, but like other artists, like they, Two On by Tanashi was one of the songs chosen, but of course that didn't blow up. No. Um, I forget what the other ones, there were a couple of others that they mentioned that just didn't quite blow up like that one did. And um, I thought it was interesting that, you know, that was the song. <laughs> that's such a tra- I'm sorry. That's just a trash song. Fancy. <laughs> that's such a trash
0: song. Um, Let's see if they if they had. Oh, uh, Anthony Lewis's Candy Rain. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Janae Echo's The Worst. Mm hmm. Um, so they had to be played 150 times over six weeks. Yeah. So that's why it felt like you heard it. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, how have, have been the benefactors of a new program set forth by clear channel radio, which is the biggest radio outlet in the country. hmm. And, uh, clear channel has over, has 840 stations and program directors from all over the country vote on a variety of songs and the winning song gets a solid commitment. Mm-hmm. So the programming director is making the decision could influence the decision mm-hmm. of what song gets played. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. Iggy Azalea reap the benefits. Yes, she did. Um, not anymore. I mean, she's kind of a joke now, but she had a new song come out. Um, mm-hmm. uh, People were complaining about the video because there's a lot of twerking and then there's like little children, but, um, oh, icky. another topic for another day. Um, so I think in a way it still goes on like, yeah. okay, the program directors just vote. Is it just a straight up vote? Like there's, there's gotta be someone within those, that group of programming directors who has the, who has some clout, mm-hmm. who has some kind of influence and maybe they were induced yeah, probably. in some way. To To vote for a particular song, um so I think um it's just gotten more sophisticated, man. yeah, basically, <laughs>
2: to where it's not necessarily you know it's the new payola, so to speak, but it's not just payola it's you know um just it's just more really conflict of interest, like money might not change hands as much with people who are directly associated with the radio. But the people that are directly associated with the radio somehow are influencing the decisions to make themselves the most money and not just in a business sense, but just like, you know, if this song gets big, I stand to make a lot of money. Yeah. How do I make this song big?
0: Yeah. Um, and there's also the uh, another form of payola and which I started the podcast by saying sometimes you got to pay to play. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the practice of paying to play yeah. uh, such as, which is artists um, or bands paying to play live yeah. in a bar or a club or some, any other type of venue mm-hmm. they pay the owners of the club.
2: Yeah. You'll find that really big with um, like independent artists. And once again, it's it's something that independent artists have to do. Um, really big with, and not to slander their name, but I mean, like I knew a lot of people when I was still in college who did this, the masquerade, um, if you get put on the bill there to play with, you know, with a few other bands, you're given an allotment of tickets to try to sell, to get people to come there. And I believe if you don't sell them all,
0: you have to pay for the rest, you to What's left either
2: over? you pay, either pay for the rest. And then it also affects where you fall in the set, like in the lineup. So, like, you know, bands who pay the most, who sell the most, get to close the show. Bands who don't, you open up, things like that. That decides it. Um, and then I also used to get <clears throat> contacted by a company back when I was performing a lot more that actually did something like this, where you pay them and they put you on certain bills with other people. And then you you try to bring out artists and the artists who bring the most people get paid the most or whatever, like you know, like that. It's I mean, it's basically all some way for a larger company to take advantage of usually um a younger inexperienced musician who doesn't quite know the industry very well and then uh, they're also going to be very eager they're like well I just want the chance to play you know I yeah. just want the chance to get my music out there so this is just a, and that's kind of uh, the reason and then that's and then
0: that's where mm-hmm. and then you know that's why where, where managers may come in mhm and And promoters, yeah, but they may also take advantage of yeah. the artists yeah definitely as and as we you know had this discussion the, the where's the artist on this food chain very yeah. very low yeah, you know? and unless you have a
2: big name you i mean you don't have the, the 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 clout to tell your man like to fire your manager or to tell the club, no, you're paying me and then like with the um the article here mentions the Super Bowl Yeah. So like the one, you know, the one place where you would think the artist, yeah, the the
0: NFL is trying to have a pay-to-play system, Mm -hmm. which I'm not. How does that work? So what what
2: they wanted, what the NFL wants to do is, um, they've noticed that artists after they play the Super Bowl, there's a spike in their music sales. Yeah. They want you to share a percentage of the that spike. So I think it's something like four to eight weeks after, um, you play the Super Bowl. You're supposed to share a, a percentage of your profits made from music with the NFL.
0: Um, I'm looking at it here.
2: Uh, I remember the first artist they were going to try to do that with was, was Coldplay, I think.
0: But I think uh, they actually they tried it with uh, who performed 2015. That was Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Okay. That they were gonna. Um, it was. Their their were choices playing. were Katy Perry, Rihanna, and Coldplay. This this went to Katy Perry, Uh, but they got a chilly reception from the candidates' representatives. Of course, they did. Oh yeah, because like, <laughs> like I'm not gonna pay you. I'm huh? paying the I'm not paying the NFL uh, to to perform at the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, like I think at this point, artists don't need to perform at the Super Bowl. No, they It's don't. not necessary.
2: No. Um, Like the spike that you see, I would imagine, isn't like, like, it's probably nice, but it's not like nice enough for me to split some of it with you. Yeah. And not to mention, you're asking the art. You're asking some of the biggest artists in the world with the widest appeal. So, like, I don't need you. You need me. Like, if you don't want to pay Katy Perry or Rihanna, then go get like, you know, the Backstreet Boys. the,
0: The NFL doesn't pay. They don't pay the artists. Yeah. They, they will cover travel production. They will cover yeah. that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but they, uh, what they cite here is Bruno Mars performance mm-hmm. with the red Hot chili peppers, 115 million viewers compared to the 112 million that watched the game, but only 112 million watched the game because that was Seattle beating Denver 43 to eight bad. <laughs> I didn't even watch that game. So, uh, you know, I think that's when they thought they should do it. Like, it was a blowout. So people weren't wa- really watching mm-hmm. it. They'll watch a close game. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> so I think they just, it was just something that they, you know, what, you know, what the kids say. They tried it.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> we as we've seen, and this is, I know this is off topic, but Roger Goodell and NFL will try anything once. Yeah, And if you let them do it again, you let them do it, they'll try it again.
0: Like in the future, I feel like they're going to try to have Tuesday night football or oh. Wednesday night football. It's going to be football every day of the week. Like, and you know, Tuesday and Wednesday, that's supposed to be when, you know, people who are college football fans, that's when the Mac plays. That's when you see Toledo versus Northern Illinois or something. Versus Akron. <laughs> Akron versus Bowling Green. The Zippers. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be seeing any NFL on Wednesdays. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm surprised they haven't taken Saturday yet. Cause I, I think the NFL could make that a big night. If they took Saturday.
0: They're there. The NCAA would have something to, oh, to yeah, say I know they about
2: would. that. I prefer college football on like, Saturday.
0: Saturdays are for because it's the, the, the order it's supposed to be. All right. Thursday, Thursday is really for JV football mm-hmm. Friday. That's for varsity football. Mm-hmm. Saturday is college.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Sunday is for the NFL the big boys. And Monday is for people who have that, uh, that NFL hangover, <laughs> just like people who have a hangover. And if you, if you have a beer, then you're, then you feel a little better. Mm-hmm. That's what Monday night football oh, hear, is. Heard the dog, <laughs> That's what they call it. But uh, yeah, this, I, it's not going to work because, you know, the artist's like, well, why do I need to pay you? Mm-hmm. And we're at a point to where the artists don't need the Super Bowl. Mm-mm. Lady Gaga didn't need the Super Bowl. Mm-mm. She may have wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. She may have um she, um was excited about doing it, but mm-hmm. she didn't need it. Mm-mm. Um so I don't think any any artist needs the Super Bowl. So that's just that's just not gonna fly. Yeah. Um We've also talked about here, the, uh, oh, well, we talked about the promoters, mm-hmm. um, and pay to play. Um, okay. So, um, I was looking at an article that said how payola went corporate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's basically what we've talked about here. Yeah, it's just, a, a uh, it's <laughs> like a syndicate now.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
0: um, so there were, I guess they, they talked about like the, uh, a song plugger. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see anything about that? Song pluggers were, I think there were singers that would,
2: um, I can't remember. Cause I actually tried to be a song plugger once.
0: Um, okay. Yeah. This is what I found a song plugger or song demonstrator was a vocalist or piano player employed by the department uh, music stores by mm-hmm. department and music stores and song publishers in the early 20th century to promote and s help, help sell new sheet music. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, which is how hits were advertised for quality recordings were available. So basically they were commercial. Yeah. For yeah the and songs. there's still some
2: people like now you have like the people who like you, you might sit in a department store or something like that and play it. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, but hey, maybe the song plug, but as Paola is related to this, mm-hmm. maybe they were, um, uh, took away from them, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah I'm the song with, uh, now, you know? with, with radio being, uh, with they're playing these songs mm-hmm. and that's, and they're just being played over and over or they're being played at certain times. That is the advertisement. Yeah, it's like the, look it's at not. Me the song plugger anymore. Look at me. I'm the song plugger now. (laughs) Um, so yeah, well, as we, as we previously mentioned, uh, the, the power of what's on the radio goes to the program director. Yeah. I guess now, now that I look at it in a way, it's the program director Mm -hmm. in power, but they can be influenced possibly.
2: Yeah.
0: And I, I think it's very likely that they're being influenced. Um, but everything is on a everything's on a clock yeah. now with radio to where how long the song is, mm-hmm. where the commercial breaks are, mm-hmm. how long the DJ, well quote unquote DJ has to talk, um, any pre recorded segments. Um All of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty much all pre-recorded. <laughs> you know, and the DJ the DJ doesn't really have that kind of control. Mm-hmm. They really don't have a whole lot of input on what is played um, as far as like the playlists go. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may have input on some segments. Uh, It says here they can spotlight a local artist. Oh, (laughs) you (laughs) be, you know, or, or, you know, contest or anything like that. But that's as far as their reach goes. I mean, you don't really have, you don't have Alan Freed's and and Dick Clark's anymore. I mean, we may know some radio personalities, uh, locally or whatever, Mm -hmm. but not really because of, Oh, they played this song like you, like Mm -hmm. we mentioned there's always been those stories where this DJ decided to play this song Mm -hmm. and it became a hit. Mm -hmm. You hear that less and less now (laughs) because the DJ doesn't get that kind of opportunity. Um, you know, we know about the breakfast club, but that's a, that's a talk show. Yeah. Um, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's, it's changed where to where DJ needs to stand for something else <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, um, disc chocolates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it may be something <laughs> like that there. They, they, you know, there's no real control anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who want to find out, you know, like want to see it like dramatized, I guess, in a way, um, there is a, there is a skit by Stan Freeberg called old payroll, payola roll blues (laughs) to where, um, it's, it's a, it's like a comedy sketch from the sixties where he takes, uh, he gets a teenager. They're going to record a song and he's like, Uh, They play the song like, wait, 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 something's missing. Uh, We need a teenage idol. It's like, okay, I'll go get one. He just (laughs) walks outside and he sees a guy. He's like, hey, what's your name? Clyde ankle. Hey, do you want to, you want to be in a rock and roll record? You know, so, (laughs) um, you know, there's there's that sketch. Uh, there's some songs we play: pale pale blues, mm-hmm. the song by They Might Be Giants called "Hey Mr. DJ." Yeah, I thought DJ. we had a deal. i I just say we had a deal? <laughs> um, Billy Joe's song. Uh, we didn't start the fire. Makes a reference to Alan Freed. Um, you know, there's there's an episode of Cold Case. Yeah, I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. There's an episode of Cold Case where they um, they investigate a, a murder of a DJ was he murdered because of payola or was it something else? Um, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, is this why Greg wanted to do this? A no, case. <laughs> no, uh, it did the, I I'd seen the episode and I noticed it had, um, chip Eston who you may know from, well, he goes by Charles Eston as a, as an actor, but he was okay. on whose line is it anyway? Okay. He would, he would, he would be the other guy doing songs with Wayne Brady when they had to make yeah, up songs okay. on I the spot. About. Okay. Um, and one, and one <laughs> incident that I, that was funny to me is a radio station in Washington, DC in 1999, the discot the disc jockeys announced they were going to debut the Lou Bega song Mambo number no. five by saying they had accepted a large amount of money <laughs> to play the song. <laughs> um,
2: and that's one of those songs. I feel like you're like, you know, where's the smoking gun that, that but, song, <laughs>
0: But that would have been the song if they had been paid to play the song, that would not have been payola because payola is the unannounced acceptance (laughs) of payment. (laughs) So, because they said, Oh, yeah, we took a lot of money and we're going to play this song in case it sucks, that makes it not payola and totally legal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that song's garbage. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Um, So, yeah. And also in the movie, uh, the harder they come, uh, with, uh, Jimmy Cliff to where he's forced to sign away his rights to make the record. Um, basically the producers and the DJs make money off of his record and not him. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, those are ways that you, you know, if people are interested in that to find ways, how pale is depicted in the arts. Um, and as I previously mentioned, the, uh, this there's a scene in Ray and in dream girls in which, um, in which that happens. Um, anything else you want to add about, uh,
2: well, I feel like we've we kind of covered it, especially since we had to pay to play. I was very, I want to make sure. That. <laughs> Cause I mean, it, it sucks, you know, it sucks for, especially yeah. for like local bands. who are just trying to make it.
0: I think that that happens. I think that happens a lot now with, with, uh, with hip hop artists, mm-hmm. especially in Atlanta, like if you, like, we're doing a showcase, only fifty dollars to get in. Like, bro, yeah, like just let me perform. <laughs> like, why can't it be? You know, I have a recording of the song. If you like it, mm-hmm. you'll you'll I'll perform it. We can perform it.
2: That takes that's too much effort, man.
0: Like, yeah, that, you gotta that takes too much
2: time. Just
0: who? If you're serious, you will pay. If you are serious. <laughs> they got to they the artists have to pay because whoever's putting on the event, they need to pay to get the venue mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't raise enough money yet. Mm-hmm. So, or at, all, <laughs> so really. this, or at all. So this is what has to be done. So, um, any aspiring artist, um, uh, you know, maybe you need a manager mm-hmm. or an agent, but it's gotta be someone you can trust. Yeah, definitely. Uh, cause there are definitely incidents of managers stealing from their artists. Mm-hmm. um, Or you're paying to, or there's a, you're paying to play a lot of these venues and then you're not making any, like if you pay to play, Mm -hmm. can you make a profit?
2: Not really. It's very tough because a lot of these clubs don't want to give you anything. So like typically if you're a cover band or like a bar band, like something like that, you can make money because that's the agreement because you're, you know, it's usually a place that, you know, you're basically like a DJ almost but like a venue, like, like a masquerade or like a place that special Smith's soul bar a place that specializes in, in, um, live original music. Yeah. It's very rare that you're going to make anything.
0: Yeah. All right. Very rare. So, um, that will do it for our discussion on payola, the, the history of it and kind of how it affects the music industry today. um, It's it's just gotten more sophisticated, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. um, And the programming director has, they have the power, but to a point.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Um, So that'll do it for our conversation. So. um, All right. Should we do my earworm now, or the people we know now? Okay. (laughs) All right. My earworm of the week. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. All right. My computer's moving kind of slow, but I expect that it's still recording. <laughs> I was like, is it hot? It's an apple. They don't get hot. They do a little bit, mm. a little bit. Um, actually this is uh this is a cover song. Ooh. Okay. You may have heard this before. I'm not sure, but it's a band called shade. S H A E D and what uh Spotify has been doing, kinda like how BBC One does Radio One mm-hmm. does their when they have a band come in and they they do one of their songs and they do a cover song of a song that they like. Uh Spotify's doing the same thing. I like them too. Yeah, they- and uh the band Shade does a cover of The Weeknd Starboy. I have not heard this. Um, it's on the infamous We Lit playlist we lit. <laughs> So this is Shade S-H-A-E-D and this is their cover of The weeknd Starboy and we'll be right back
4: I'm trying to put you in the worst mood Pee uh, yeah. one cleaner than your church shoes yeah. Billy Boy 2 just to hurt you All Red Lamb just to tease you yeah. uh, None of these toys don't lease to yeah. uh, Made your whole year to do ya, yeah. main bitch. I do only do ya, top bitch. I do only do ya. How someone didn't need a centerpiece, 20 rocks the table cut from ebony. Cut that heavy into skinny pieces, then she cleaning with the face man. I love my baby. You talkin' money, need to hear an A. Aid. You talk about me, I don't see the shade. Switching my style into your lane. I uh, switching my car back in Lenny Payne. I'm a, I'm a motherfucking starboard. I'm a motherfucking starboard. Every day you wanna try to test me, yeah. Every day you wanna try to end me, yeah. Pull off in that roadster, and I don't really listen I'm in my blue moon So I'm bumping new edition House so empty Need a centerpiece 20 rocks a table Cut from ebony. Cut that heavy Into skinny pieces Now she cleaning With her face Man, I love my babe You're talking money Need to hear it You talk about me I don't see the shade Switch on my style I to get in your lane Switch on my cup I get any pain Look what you done
0: all right that is Starboy by shade now i gave this some time to, because when you hear covers of songs i'm not like a youtube commenter in which someone says oh it's better than the original yeah They're just because it, it sounds different um yeah. but i do it's it it's more interesting to me than the original yeah
2: no it is i like both the, the i feel the original is a little bit more mellowed out versus this one has is a little bit more exciting yeah. They just they both kind of do what they need to do. They do their own thing. And um on a side note, um we played around with trying to cover this song and I was rapping the lyric at the end. I love the Brad Pitt Legends of the Fall line. <laughs> I was like that's good. That's a really good line. Um but yeah, they do their own thing. Like this one's a little bit more exciting and upbeat versus like to me Starboy is like it's like old weekend meets daft punk. Like, it's a very... They, like,
0: they produced it, so yeah. there you
2: go. And, he's, and of course, like, I swear, like, it, I, I think every song, he every album, he's got to have a line about a chick doing cocaine.
0: Or some kind of drug.
2: Or something. Like, he just, <laughs> like, I just, I can only imagine how much coke is being done at his parties or his house. <laughs> Cause like, he always talks about it.
0: I think what's funny is, like, he he may have those songs, like, he has to have that line in a lot of his songs. Mm-hmm. I don't think he does cocaine at all. Yeah, I don't
2: think he does either. <laughs> it's so, I don't know. It's he's just he's too
0: mellowed out to do oh, yeah. cocaine <laughs> to be do cocaine on a regular basis. He, don't
2: do, he does no uppers.
0: <laughs> he may have done it before, but I don't think, I don't think on a regular basis. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, you can check out that song along with our others on the BTT white T earworms playlist on Spotify. Uh, so we're going to debut a new segment, a new segment of, uh, you know, we're doing a podcast about music. Um, Ben is a musician. I am not. You were at one point though. I mean, I know you ever about that bass. Yeah. So I'm not a musician. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I guess it, it's, um, part is like Ben is a musician, so he can give you some technical aspects, you know, things that you're listening for when, when mixing and, and recording, uh, at least more, definitely more than I could. <laughs> and for me, I just listen to a lot of it and I like the stories behind it. <laughs> and that's kind of how this podcast came together. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean we don't know anybody know other people that play music yeah, and, and may have their own stories or whatever. So these are people that we started a, a we started a segment called, um, we know a musician. Yeah yeah that's the, yeah, best <laughs> it. yeah uh in which um we'll play a song of someone that one of us knows um that we've actually met them in person mm-hmm. and they have music on spotify yeah. which i i um well yeah, i'm uh initially jealous, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get our podcast on there, but um yeah, so um. What we're going we're going to do like uh, for the ones that I put on here, Ben has never heard these songs, mm-hmm. so I'm going to give him the option of choosing a song <laughs> that we can play. Um, I guess up to uh, mile train. Those are the ones that I added today, but the okay. ones up above that are um ones that we can choose from if you want.
2: Let's go with I want to hear Baby Blue. All right. I like that. There's a band. I like that has a song called baby blue. So I know it's not a cover, but,
0: yeah. uh, so this is baby blue by Solis Henderson. Uh, I met Solis in 2010, uh, at the Gene O'Neill theater center. Uh, she was part of a, um, there was a, a musical, I guess, kind of a, a musical, um, production or I'm not sure what exactly it was going to be. Um, but it was, uh, basically, um, it was Laura Nero songs
2: mm-hmm.
0: that were, and there was a story, like kind of like the story of her music basically. Okay. Um, and she was part of that and, uh, uh, also with Sherry Sanders and yes, that's where I'm at. Tony's trucks. Oh yeah. Oh. I'm not telling that story on here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know it. You don't have to. <laughs>
0: Uh so this Celise I think she was recently in the NPR Tiny Desk concert contest. Okay. Um I guess that's for artists for to get a Tiny Desk concert okay. on NPR. So this is her song Baby Blue from her Show and Tell EP and uh this is the first time that Ben has heard it so here we go. Mm-hmm.
5: From that moment on I have looked for clues Trying to figure out If what I saw was true I saw you open a door the Poor old lady on the street I saw you give money to a man So we could have something to eat Your kindness towards me Has not been missed So with that said, I ask you this Do you want me? I want you, do you want me? I think you do, do you want me? Tell me soon, baby.
0: Baby Blue by Celise Anderson.
2: I like her voice. I have a lot of respect for people that can make it sound effortless, li- effortless. And she makes it sound effortless.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you can check out her EP Baby Blue. Actually, that came out in 2010. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think she's working on a new project now. Um, I'm not sure what it is exactly. I know. I know she was, she was trying to, she was in that competition Mm-hmm. And, but I think she's working on new stuff okay. right now. Um, and you can follow her on Instagram at Selise. and, um, yeah, cool. <laughs> That's dope. Um, so yeah, so, uh, we'll play one song of somebody that, uh, one of us knows. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess we have to talk yeah. about how we know them too. <laughs> yeah, you do. So there may be points of shame for Ben. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there <laughs> all right, um, well, Ben, that's gonna bring us to the end of our uh, end of this particular episode
4: bum, bum, ba, bum.
0: <laughs> so um,
2: my sister was just we... on that last week, like she went to the she went to a filming,
0: yeah in augusta oh mm Hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I haven't been there in a while, yeah neither <laughs> uh well, since we want to be found. We do. We do want to be found. Where can they find us, Ben? You can find us at, uh well, the
2: most obvious is by the time you hear this.com. Um, you can also find us on Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spelled with the letter, not the letter U, but the word you. You can find us on Instagram at uh by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Same spelling for our email address at gmail.com. We're on Potomatic and you can stream this. You can stream the show straight from the website from Potomatic. We'll have it embedded there. We're on CastBox, Google Play, iTunes, Pod, of, ooh, 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 almost, um, no, we, I, yeah, we are Podomatic. I'm thinking of the other one that we're not on that I'm not going to say the name of. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stars of the um, nest oh, also- They didn't hit me back, so we're not on there. Okay, good. I <laughs> think so. Um, we're on TuneIn Radio. We are on, I know I said iTunes already. Um, I think, I think that was all, oh, Satchel. Satchel Podcast. Satchel Podcast. Fire. Castbox. That's the the good ass. I say Castbox. Yeah. Okay. That's the second one I always say because I use Castbox. So, (laughs) and I think Castbox. If you listen to a podcast with commercials, they cut out the commercials. Mm. It's pretty cool. Like I listen to stuff they don't want you to know. They have commercials, where they'll do like plugs. They're never in there. So thank you, Castbox. If that's what you're doing, (laughs) I don't know if you really are, but, um, but yeah, that's where you can find us. All right.
0: Cool. Drop Uh, us a line, please. Yes. So um that's going to do it for our show. I'd like to thank everyone who has downloaded and listened to this podcast yes. already. Thank you so we much. Definitely appreciate it. And um let's see what we'll, you know, what we're going to end the show with what, what you That was. It was the other choice for to begin the show. Oh, okay. Okay. Um Now we had the Neil Young pale of blues. There's a reference to Alan Freed, But we're going to end the show with Bandstand Boogie by Barry Manilow because it was the theme song to American Bandstand. (laughs) So that's going to do it for our show. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.
1: We're going hopping. We're going hopping today When things are popping, pop A Philadelphia way. We're going to drop it drop On all the music they play On the stand. We're going swinging, swing We're going to swing in the crowd And we'll be clinging, And floating high as a cloud The phones are ringing, My mom and dad are so proud I'm on a stand, And I'll jump and pay I'll make even a show of my handstand Because I'm on, because I'm on When we... Join us, jump in! They made such a fuss just to see it's ride. Hey, it's Mr. Dick Clark. What a place you got here! Swell spot, the music's hot here. Beth of the east, give it at least a 75. Now, for all you joes, here goes my American handstand. Because. I